Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, Virginia is for investors, a new pilot program. As we've invested in nearly 100 companies, the women-run businesses in our portfolio are outperforming 30%, the men-run businesses, and they're raising 80% as much money. In our society, the way to get ideas into the commercial world often goes through venture capital, yet our next guest believes that venture capital is in fact not doing a good job. Ross Baird is the founder of Village Capital and has written a book called The Innovation Blind Spot. And we're going to talk about that issue right now. Ross, thanks for joining us. Great to be here. Thanks, John. Well, you know, you're in the venture capital industry, but yet in your new book, Innovation Blind Spot, you suggest the venture capital industry is not doing a good job of creating the next generation of businesses. Yeah, you know, we we think that capital goes to the best ideas no matter what. Um, but in reality, if you look at most entrepreneurs trying to build a business, it doesn't work out that way. I tell the story at the beginning of the book, The Innovation Blind Spot, about a guy named Jerry Namoran, who in Charlottesville, about two hours from here, started a business to help people refinance their debts. 50% of Americans can't access $500 in emergency. Jerry wants to solve that problem. He talk, talks to 300 investors and strikes out. And I talked to Jerry, Jerry, what's the deal? What's going on? And he said, you know, venture capitalists use the phrase pattern recognition a lot. Like it's a good thing. Um, let me break it down for you. I'm a black guy. I live in central Virginia and I'm solving poor people's problems. I'm 0 for 3. So if you take a step, step back, look at the venture capital industry, less than 2% of startup financing goes to women. Less than 1% goes to African-American and Latinos. Nearly 80% goes to three states. It's New York, Massachusetts, California, D.C., Maryland, Virginia isn't in that 80%, even though they're great ideas here. And, and real-world problems like getting people out of debt are much less likely to raise money than $120 million that went into this company, Juicero, that made a $700 juicer for yuppies to get better cold-pressed juice or something like that. Which so, failed miserably, I should Yeah, add. yeah. So we're, we're putting a lot of capital into people creating perks, and, and, and people solving problems from most places aren't, aren't getting a shot. Well, I remember Jerry, you mentioned him. I actually met him uh, when I was doing a, a talk down in Charlottesville, and and he was, and I'm sure he still is, an incredibly uh, presentable and thoughtful entrepreneur. But my reaction when he talked with me about his business was, this is great, but somebody who's a hard-hearted investor, because I wasn't investing at that time, mm -hmm. a hard-hearted investor would say, there's not as much return potential in this as finding the next great social app. Do you think that, that if I'm a free market person, is my response to you, Look, Ross, at the end of the day, money finds the highest return. Yeah. The reason why money goes to Silicon Valley to do these crazy deals is because these crazy deals, if they work out, are so much better than creating uh, a network to help people get out of debt. How do you respond to that? So when I started Village Capital, we invest in companies like Jerry's that are trying to build great businesses and, and solve major problems in society. A guy I was pitching for funding, very successful entrepreneur, said, look, I got two pockets. With one pocket, I make as much money as I can. The other, I got a foundation and I give it all away. Which pocket are you asking me for, young man? And I said, I see a bit differently. I think the businesses that create more value for society actually tend to perform better over the long run. That guy didn't get the argument and he ended up not investing in me. But we have seen over time um, people like Jerry that are solving real world problems. They attract better employees. They attract more loyal customers and they grow. So Jerry ended up 
getting half a million dollars from a group called Kapoor Capital um, that sponsored a program that we ran. Kapoor Capital, founded by Mitch Kapoor, founder of Lotus, invests intentionally in people of color who they think are undervalued. Um, two years later, Jerry's raised over $100 million from banks to get families out of debt and has helped thousands of families raise their credit score. And so the argument I would make back, I'd say, you know, you are systematically mispricing things that are good for society and people who go after those types of opportunities are actually going to do better over the long run so in the stock market uh it's demonstrable that companies that approach their customers their employees with empathy outperform yeah you know the whole conscious capital movement is founded on that family businesses outperform are you seeing similar things in venture capital data that companies that are founded by people who have a a stronger sense of solving a, a social problem or outperforming? Yeah, so, you know, Cambridge Associates has a team right across the river from here, um, and they looked at funds that and venture funds that intentionally incorporated some sort of social mission, whether it's environment or, or community building or whatever. And they found over time, the longer the time horizon you looked at, the better the mission-driven companies performed. On a very tactical level, um, we at Village Capital, we've run programs, we've invested in nearly 100 companies the women-run businesses in our portfolio are outperforming 30%, the men-run businesses, and they're raising 80% as much money. So it would show you that whether it's your mission or whether it's your founders, if you don't look like the typical venture funding company, you might actually be better. You're just kind of undervalued. I've heard that from other people as well, that women founders tend to outperform. So with all this data, and now you've got this book, which to my mind, it's a throwdown to the yeah. status quo. <laughs> How are people reacting to you? As innovative as the venture capital industry is, it actually hasn't innovated itself in 200 years. And I tell the story in the book about how the way venture capital funds are structured actually came from the whaling industry in the early 19th century. And we really haven't changed how we invest in private the captain companies. got 20% of the profits. The yeah, and the, put carry, up money. Yeah. the carry the is what the captain could carry home from the ship. That's where the term originally came from. Um, yeah. And so, you know, think about a whaling expedition. One out of 20 will succeed, 19 will fail, but that one needs to be so successful to pay for the whole voyage. Now, you look at a lot of businesses, um, they tend to be maybe higher uh, higher likelihood of success, maybe less likelihood of being a 10,000 Xer. And the venture capital industry just can't understand that. So there are, there are tens of thousands of businesses, family-run businesses that are great, profitable, successful, that we just don't have a construct for financing because we haven't innovated since the days of whaling and how we fund businesses. Well, I, I frankly, I love whale blubbers, so I don't know what you're talking about. But look, before I let you go, I know that recently... You and Village Capital introduced an innovation here in the region to help entrepreneurs find capital. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we have worked um, with Senator Warner and the governor's office and a private group of, of investors across Virginia basically saying every investor in Virginia and in the D.C. region says there aren't enough good companies. Every company says I can't find capital. We actually think it's a curation or a matching problem. We think we have everything we need here. It's just the right people aren't meeting the right people. So um, we've recently launched a pilot platform. It's Virginia is for entrepreneurs, uh, va4e.org. So if you're in Virginia or you're in the DC region and you've got an idea, go to va4e.org and you can throw your idea out there to, we've got hundreds of investors on the platform. If you wanna put money to work, go there, say, here's the sector I like, here's the stage I like, you can find entrepreneurs. It's a it's a pilot, but it's, it's basically 
going off of the hypothesis, we don't need to fly to Silicon Valley or go up the train to New York to raise money or find deals. We have everything we need here to build awesome businesses. Well, Ross, first of all, I want to commend you on taking the time to write a book. It's no mean feat. Innovation Blind Spot is a very interesting, I think, important book for people to read. So congratulations on that. And secondly, you know, it's great having Village Capital here in the DC community providing a perspective. So thanks for joining us. Jonathan, thanks for your leadership. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to What's Working in Washington. A special thanks to our sponsor, Eagle Bank. How do you get to be number one in the D.C. area? Eagle Bank did it by putting relationships first. They're flexible, involved, responsive, strong, and trusted. Eagle Bank's goal is your success. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan. Our online writer is Barbara Ulrich. Music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. And let us know who you think we should be talking to on the show. Tweet us at, at What's Working DC. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening.